Hi! Tonight we welcome Libby to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. Libby Cuffey has been on this show a number of times supporting other bands, including Buck Thrifty, The Crux, King Street Giants, Odell. But tonight they bring us selections from a very personal soul album called Terror Jazz. Right now we're going to get real with Libby about a lot of feelings. Real sad. And later they will play us some music. Please welcome back to the program the reigning champion of appearances on this show, Libby Cuffey. Libby Hi. Five up. Five out of five. I'm super stoked on that. You first came on this show in the summer of 2016 with the King Street Giants. Oh, geez. Yeah, like two years ago. It is now the summer of 2018, and much has changed. Terror Jazz is the culmination of a lot for you. Mm-hmm. Could you please tell us about this album? So this album, EP, project, whatever you want to call it, is um, based off of just... Uh, me processing a lot of negative and hurtful feelings that I've been inflicting upon myself as well as like other situations that have arisen like you know like bad relationships or you know like the fire that happened with Sonoma County and all that Um, I like ever since that really happened I just been feeling very unsure and didn't really know where to even begin like with healing and uh, I need. I know. I need. I needed something to do to kind of keep my, to just keep my brain busy so I could, you know, maintain, so to speak. Because I just spent. I spent a lot of time just being inside and not doing much, and it, it was just kind of like rotting myself, you know, like telling myself like really bad things. And so, I started trying to find a way to harness that into a project. So I, yeah, so I wouldn't hurt myself. <laughs> so I decided to find a way to harness the anger and the negativity that I was feeling and turn that into a musical project that could help me move forward with that by recording it and like sharing it with people. And then also maybe if other people are feeling similarly, maybe it can find some solace in some of that. You know, like I, I feel that shouting is necessary and having like bottled up so many emotions in myself for so long, I've just kind of needed a way to let it all out. And this is kind of the culmination of that. Yeah. So you say inflicting upon yourself. Oh yeah, um, just like said, like I've got depression and anxiety, and I have really like a lot of low self-esteem stuff. So I I find myself uh, telling myself really negative things more often than not, and finding it hard to really accept the love that people give me. And that's like that's a that's a big thing I've been trying to deal with this past year, just to tell myself that it's okay to be, and that I'm not in trouble for just walking around and being a person. Do you think there's like a, an issue of vulnerability with not letting someone love you? Oh yeah, hardcore, very much so. Uh, being vulnerable frightens me, uh, especially when like when when you get to know somebody and you feel so much for them. And I don't know. For me, if I've if if I'm like with somebody, then I really want to do everything I can, but like can for them. But that turned into like me not taking care of myself and that turned into just like bad habits and me talking like more negatively about myself and yeah just like yeah self-deprecation 
no breathing. It's interesting when the person who everyone looks at is like a beam of positivity. Has, yeah, right. Has struggles <laughs> themselves. Does that resonate with anybody at the table? Yeah, uh, no, I, I get that because yeah, I've I've always thought Libby has been one of my favorite spark plugs down here, and and uh, yeah, to hear you th- th- going you, through uh, some darkness. Um, yeah, when you're seeing all this light come from somebody, you can't realize that there's actually darkness inside that that they're dealing with at this point. Yeah, and it take it takes two to tango like that. You know, like people there are people that are curious that you know, ask you how you are, and there's I think there's a especially with my generation and maybe even like Californians in general, maybe like the whole country, but uh, you know how people ask you like, how are you doing? You just say, okay, fine. I think that as a, as a species, we really took a wrong turn at some point (laughs) by turning, how are you into a greeting? Yes. Yeah. You you know, you just say hello. Yeah. Hello. hello. Hi. And so when you're feeling what you've been feeling and I've, I've had periods where I've felt negatively, Tom, I'm sure you have too. Uh, it's a, just a constant reminder every time you're asked how you're doing. And um, anyway, I think we should redo. I would I would vote for a redo on yeah, that greeting. Let's start with hi or hello. But you're a great actor. Um, Thank because you. I, I feel like being positive prior to this period was always a priority for you. Would you say that's the case? Like putting forth the face? And if that was the case, why do you think that was? Just to make others comfortable? Yeah, to, I think I felt like I was on a a, a path to specifically spread joy and spread goodwill even if it meant that I would be uh, feeling awful at the same time and that wasn't the regenerative model for me and I got so burnt out what this has been has been sort of like a renovation of your just life really I mean you're Mm -hmm. kind of stripping it down to the foundation exploring how you are how you feel what you experience and that's a painful process yeah it it, doing a lot of uh doing critical self-thinking without being overly critical of yourself in my scenario and with many other people I imagine it's it's really difficult to turn off that voice that says you're awful and you don't deserve to be around uh but I think doing this whole make, like making this into a musical project and finding a way to harness it has been really positive for me because now I can share that in a way that's very comfortable for me. And if people are down to listen to it, they can. But then again, they don't have to. Funny story: I p- tried to play this at a bar with a uh, with a friend of mine, and we totally got kicked out after ten minutes. It was great. <laughs> it's been, what, what <laughs> some adjectives you would use to either of you adjectives you would use to describe this because it's not accessible to the bar crowd necessarily. This music isn't geared towards like a, a, a widespread audience. This is this is just my invitation for people to see what's up mostly. And then if you like, if you want to come, if you want to come to the dark side. And you want to see what's in my little brain, you're welcome to. With that in mind, you mentioned in the lead up to this that the more you've thought about it, this album has a narrative structure. So I had this concept of, okay, so I have like 12 loops, I think, on the EP. And then I wanted to have like two or three tracks that were kind of emulate, that would emulate the sort of feel of like an 8 bit video game. So there's safe point music, there's boss music, there's reprise, and there's like a, there's a reprise, and then there's after that's a final boss. So like, I think the narrative is it's a lot of me processing and like it's just like it, it's the narrative of me processing my emotions. The terror theme is the very beginning of it. This is what I'm addressing at the at the at the beginning of that. And I get that was just me saying um here are the things that I'm dealing with 
here's what it's all like, here's what it's going to sound like this is the vibe of, of this thing this is the theme so is, it, to speak. is it fair to say that during this period of your life you've woken up in the morning you had your five seconds of peace and then terror mode kicked in and yeah and all that you could think about is like fuck i can't wait to fall asleep again some like that are just like in in time like the next the next track is I think that's what that one's destroy on the EP and that one's just like full on aggression panic mode just like ah what what that's how I wake up in the morning more often than not very much just like everything's awful what's happening oh my god and then uh, this year my older brother had a kid and I had to put I had to make a song for that little child on the EP because they. I think about that. Their name's Penny, Penelope, Dove, Joy, Cuffy. They're a bright point that I always look to uh, when I'm feeling really low. And I think I always think about if I wasn't there, they wouldn't have a cool uncle to like teach them cool stuff and teach them music. And I want to be there for them, so I'm gonna keep doing this thing, and I'm gonna teach them later. That's interesting. So I mean, and, and not going deep into it, but you you have really felt at moments in this last year like maybe I shouldn't be here anymore. You know, and then you meet someone like Penny and you think, no, there there are reasons why I should stick around. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about how it, the narrative isn't even really like the, the, the EP's done, like it's finished, but the narrative isn't over and I'm still processing and still healing. But you could say this EP is f- kind of phase one of the healing process. Y- you said that it was released like four months ago, three, four months ago, but really only the healing and the restoration has only recently begun. Could you describe that at all? I feel like I've been stuck at a point. Uh, like since, like uh, f- when the fires happened, I feel like I got stuck. And then in February, uh, yeah, in February, my relationship ended. And then uh, I was just put at a point where I just didn't really know what to... Like I had the intention of I have to do things for myself and, that, and that's why things ended. But I didn't have the proper... Ga- I didn't have like the... Uh, I didn't have a plan. I didn't really know what was going on. So I felt so stagnant. And so just like, I just felt like sad and hurt and like all these, all these things. And I couldn't, I didn't know how to get through it. And I would talk to people and I would still go out, but I feel like now I finally, I can finally come to terms with everything that's happened and ha- like and come to terms with like how i've treated myself and just be like i don't want to be like this anymore i know i still have to deal with these things because you know, that's part of dealing with like depression anxiety and all these like life in general but i know that i have the tools now to try and manage it and i know i can keep going and i want to keep going what did the fires do to you if you could go into some detail on that because the fires, if people don't know, uh, devastated this region. A lot of people lost their homes. Some people lost their lives. I mean, I think over 8,000 homes were destroyed, like, in our very backyard. So what did it do to you personally? Because you've referenced it a few times. Yeah, it, it the fires uh, really made me feel like I was useless and that, like, everything, like, every, uh, yeah, very like sorrowful and despairy like like, I think morose is a good word to describe it there's a lot of guilt that I feel and there's a lot of feeling like I can't do anything or wanting to help out where I can but kind of you know feeling hopeless about it I didn't lose my home or anything a lot of like there's some friends that I have that lost a lot of things and I you know it feels weird to it feels weird to still like it feels weird to have these feelings even though they're valid like I know people that have lost their homes and 
they're still maintaining a really like good attitude and I couldn't pull myself out of, out of like, out of a funk out of like other stuff. But you know, I, I think it's negative to try and compare problems sometimes because then you don't really validate your own problems. You don't give yourself the space to really process it. It feels like between the fires and then the, you know, the relationship, um, these two events really, excuse the phrase, like fucked with your sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've known you for a while now and, you know, you, 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 you've, uh, big on social issues, big on community, big on, um, educating people and and you always seem to be like so sharp in terms of what you wanted to do and how you wanted to make the your life look and the world look and it seems like these events kind of upended that i guess you could say so and uh, looking back and i don't know if i had I, I i had the intention of wanting to be a musician and do, and do it professionally and i was i was making that work and i was making it work and i think even before the fires and like like my brain started changing a bit and I was thinking, well, what do I want to, what do I want to keep doing? And so I was in so many bands and I was doing so much cause I was trying to keep myself busy. And I don't think I really asked myself what I wanted to do until like, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, maybe even like this week, like really figuring out what's the plan here. Like what, what am I going to do? Like I already, like I already, cause I knew, I knew back then I, I, I know I want to still play music I know why I want that. I want to like hang out, hang out, and do things with my friends. But is this going to be a career, or is this going to be a thing that I'm just going to do to make myself happy? Versus, like, go through the rigmarole of, you know, like dealing with like dealing with certain kinds of gigs, dealing with certain kinds of people, and going through all of that. Hmm. I feel that I I feel much more now that I've, I, I feel much more now that I feel like I first this is the first time where I've said this is what I want to be doing this is what I want to do next year and here's how I'm going to make make it happen yeah and in the meantime you described this album as being like therapy for you mm-hmm. uh, a phrase that you used uh, talking to me in the lead up to this was that you carried your anger and your spite and uh, you just kept kind of bottling it inside of you what ended up happening was you started to rot from the inside yeah you know harboring those negative emotions just hurts it hurts a lot and I was doing that to, I was doing so much of that to myself because I didn't think that I I was rejecting the notion of moving forward because I didn't think I deserved it and I, yeah I just I thought I could walk forward in anger and then harness that and be able to get things done but it just felt awful and I think what you're saying is when you talk about anger, you know, you were trying to use anger as your fuel, right? You mentioned that. Was that an anger because of politics, because of the world, because of what you saw as ignorance? Yeah, the uh, a- anger in politics in the world, like the general culture of like, uh, I mean, like I, I <laughs> the general like culture of American society and like how capitalism works and all that. But um, yeah, it's just like just anger at myself too for to, I, tell, telling myself I didn't do enough and wishing that I could have done better and being angry at myself for that. Like there's times where I've, I, there's, I think last year I felt much more engaged with like the political talk of the scene, like in Sonoma County and felt more like much more engaged. And this year I've just been, I've been a bit more distant just cause I haven't been able to handle like me personally just haven't been able to process and handle all the stuff that's happening. 
I think it's important to take breaks every once in a while, but you know, if you they check in with democracy now here and there and sh- and see what's going on. Do you consider yourself an activist? I th- I I don't think I do enough to really call myself an activist. I don't I f- I feel like I'm just a person that's trying to trying to do as much right as they can and realizing that like I like I do participate in a fucked up system and I do part like I still have internalized like oppressive things that that will still play out in certain behaviors and I need to work on that. Um, I don't feel comfortable calling myself an activist because I feel like that's that's me claiming to be part of a group that hasn't necessarily accepted me or at least I feel hasn't necessarily been like, hey, you're an activist. You do stuff with us. You know, I, I feel much more of like a free agent person who's just really fed up. You would say then, because this is, this is the terror jazz episode of On Stage, that this has been the greatest period of pain that you can recall feeling. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've been, I don't think I've been lower. I think this has been the hardest year and like the hardest year in like in my 24 years of living, like they're going to be hard. There's going to be harder stuff happening. I imagine like when they grow older and some new bullshit's going to happen and I'm going to deal with that. I'll be like, I can't deal with it. I'm sad. You know, but it, it, to this day, hardest year has been this past year. In 2016, a young Libby Cuffey said this to Sonoma State star about oh inspiration. <laughs> young Libby Cuffey said, the constant pursuit of joy for myself and others. I want to help people feel better at the end of their day, and I want to do the same for myself when I play. A lot of people are hurting out there, and I can't make everyone feel better, but I'm happy to be a small part of an idea that's geared towards spreading joy and acceptance. I was so small. I was less sad. <laughs> were, 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 you, were you not being real? You know, I think... I don't think I... I wouldn't tell myself that I was being, I was being real, but I think at the end of the day, I probably was being real. Yeah. I was more hopeful back then about stuff, and I was—I was definitely like uh, th- th- thinking about trying to make it as a musician, as a musician, and knowing how hard it would be, and knowing the the, bull- the bullshit you'd have to go through, and all that. I think that was like that quote was kind of the be, like a, like that was like the first real statement where I was like, "This is, yeah, this is what I'm here for," and I do still feel that. It's actually really nice to hear that again after two years. Yeah, and you are partly there or there. I mean, you have been making a living playing music and staying in the music industry, haven't you? Mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing music, and I, I actually have a part-time job in like kind of in the music industry too. So that that helps out at the same time. But why does it feel good to hear that quote again? If I went back, if I if if I I imagine myself. Um, going into like a like a completely blank space like a time rift where i get to see my 15 year old self like my nine-year-old self sometimes and i like to think that that teenager and that kid would be really fucking proud of me so knowing that and i and i i I think in maybe like a few a few more years i could be be like oh my 19 20 year old self was on the right path fucking up a lot but on the right path and that's really good to hear i'm I'm glad I laid an intention down that I can look back to. It feels good to know that. How would you amend that statement now? 
I don't know. I don't know if I would. I think if I were to add a clause, I'd say, and don't run yourself dry in the process, but make music that makes people feel better. Make actually, no, make music, make music that is thought provoking and makes people ask questions as to like, just make them think about themselves and make them think about the things they're dealing with and think about like, why would this person make this kind of music? What are they rejecting? Or what do they love? You know, making that kind of stuff while also making them severely uncomfortable. But (laughs) um, I know thought-provoking music that gives insight and at the same time can deliver an experience, some kind of physical experience. I don't know what my music will do to people. I have a feeling some will be like many people will be turned off by it. I imagine some people will, will find a lot of solace in it. But I think my, my agenda is to make music that feels good. That's thought provoking and sets a, sets forth a good intention and acts out in that way too. Not just setting an intention, but acting on that intention. I guess the music itself is the acting on that intention. What are you rejecting and what do you love? Hmm. I'm rejecting violence against uh marginalized people and I'm reject I'm trying to reject the the notion that you know if you're going to be a musician then you have to make a bunch of music that's going to be super pleasing and rejecting I don't know I I I guess rejecting the notion that like Rejecting the idea that uh, that I'm a one-dimensional positive character and that I'm like five dimensions deep of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> and I love... I love people. Well, I don't know. I love people. And I love being able to... Pre- like, I, I love making people smile. And I love also weirding the fuck out of people. And... I love connect, I love connecting with people and I it, it makes me I don't know there's hmm there's a lot of things I guess you could say but I guess what it comes down to is uh I love I do love people I do love connecting with people however much I may fear it and I love being able to share things with people constant love and so like love and support and understanding communication although i'm working on that too sincere sincerity from me and from other people yeah validation and respect others and just positive i don't know just a bunch of positive stuff do you have any closing thoughts for libby coffee um I just keep doing what you're doing. You know what? Weirdly, <laughs> that last that last part of the uh, of the conversation uh, reminded me of. Oh well, I see that every day down here. I'm still working with uh, a lot of teenagers, mm-hmm. and they can they have to be happy and strong in front of their peers. It's one of their greatest fears. We found out that they're not uh, as together as they think they need to be, or as together as they think they're projecting they are. And uh, it and this is at 13, 14, 15, and 16-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Here you are at 24, still the same thing, isn't it? Yep. Human condition. 
and I think the best we can do is just like I don't know, hang out with each other and try to talk things out and be respectful of each other. You know, do what you can. I think that uh, that reflection you did a few minutes ago was really wonderful, and I thank you for being vulnerable. You d- you desire vulnerability at this point in your life, and that was super vulnerable. And uh, thank you. It feels easy to be vulner- more vulnerable with you. And even with Tom, like I, we, we haven't gotten this deep ever. Oh, well, you're super chill to talk to. This is oh, great. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is an easy conversation. Well, you know, I, I mean, all I can say um, is it's been a great pleasure to become friends with yeah. you over the last two years. Our, our first real moment was as a part of this show when you were on with King Street Giants. And I've been looking forward to having you on tonight alone because um, you're just a wonderful person that brings a lot of light into my life personally. And I can't speak for Tom, but I bet he would say the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been looking forward to this one. Terror Jazz. Terror Jazz Jazz is you channeling how wild and terrifying it can feel to be human. And uh, it's been good to talk to you about it tonight. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to the sixth. (laughs) And we say next month. And we sixth appearance. appearance. And we say thanks for doing everything you're doing and keep doing what you're doing. Um, And I, you. Thank you. <laughs> and now, um, I think that everybody should get ready for some terror jazz. Terror oh, jazz. Yeah, yeah, I got to suit up. Because yeah. a performance by Libby is up next. Thank cool. you again for joining us. Yeah, thank smooches, you. Smooches, smooches. <laughs>